Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. On his second missionary journey, Paul visited the city of Philippi. He and his co-worker Silas preached the gospel but were hindered by a young slave woman possessed by a spirit. She made quite a lot of money for her owners. The spirit gave her the power to predict the future. The spirit compelled her to follow Paul and Silas around for days, proclaiming, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Exasperated by the circumstances, Paul cast out the demon, but in doing so made the young woman of less financial benefit to her owners. So they accused Silas and Paul of preaching an illegal religion before the local magistrates. They flogged the two Christians and threw them in prison. Late in the night, an angel opened the prison doors. When the guard discovered the doors open, he knew his life was over, so he drew his sword to commit suicide. Paul called to him with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Relieved, the man fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas, and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas responded, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. The first thing we must do to be saved is believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to die for a world lost in sin. But God's love has limits. He loved sinners enough to send Jesus to die for us, but he will only save us from hell if we believe. We must believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus to be saved. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are the central ideas of the gospel. Without them, The good news of salvation is meaningless. So to be saved, we must believe Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose from the dead. And we must also believe Jesus is the Son of God. The Apostle John asks, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 1 John 5, verse 5. Scripture testifies that Jesus was no ordinary person. He was miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin. For that reason, he is both human and divine. He is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. To obtain salvation and thereby overcome the world, we must believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for our sins and was raised from the dead. But faith by itself is not enough. Scripture also testifies we must confess our belief. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. As Paul indicates and other scriptures confirm, faith begins in the heart, but faith must be accompanied by outward signs. Here, Paul says, we must confess our belief in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Confessing our faith leads to salvation. To be saved, we must also confess we believe Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. If we want to overcome the world, we must believe Jesus is the Son of God. When we confess that faith with our mouths, we show everyone God abides in us. He lives in us and dwells in us. Our confession also expresses our allegiance to God. I am telling others that I live in Him. What else can I do to be saved besides believe? Well, I can confess my faith in the death and resurrection of the Son of God. But again, faith and confession are only two parts of the complete answer. God only saves those who repent. To repent means turning away from sin toward God. Peter says in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Converting to Jesus, according to Peter, requires one to repent. And when we repent, our sins will be blotted out. True conversion and salvation depend on more than just faith in Jesus. When he shows mercy, he expects us to turn away from sin. A few years after Paul's conversion, Jesus appeared to the apostle and sent him to the Gentiles to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Acts 26, verses 17 and 18. Darkness represents sin. Light represents righteousness. To receive forgiveness, Jesus said Gentiles must turn from sin, turn from darkness toward God. They needed to repent. Full repentance means we must change how we act. So a true conversion from darkness to light requires repentance. It's why Jesus sets two options before us in Luke chapter 13, verse 3. Either we repent or we will perish. One cannot be saved without repentance. And contrary to what some believe, one cannot be saved without baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus commanded his apostles, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Jesus charged the apostles with preaching a message to the whole world, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. Jesus commanded a simple message, believe in him and be baptized to be saved. As I said a little earlier, true faith requires action. Baptism, repentance, and confession are the first acts of someone who believes in Jesus Christ. And baptism, when administered to someone who believes, is a saving act of vital importance. 
Peter, who heard the command from Jesus, says in his first epistle, Baptism now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Peter contrasts baptism with the ceremonial cleansings commanded by the old law. Those rituals only washed off the body. Baptism appeals to God for an internal cleansing. In baptism, God washes away the guilt of sin from our conscience. Peter, echoing the words of Jesus, unequivocally states that baptism saves us. So what must we do to be saved? We must believe, confess our belief, repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Underneath all of these answers, though, is a final requirement for salvation. We must obey the commands of God. Jesus told the apostles in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. It's easy to say, I love you, Jesus. It's more difficult to show our love by obeying him. Sometimes God's commands challenge us. They force us to go against what we would prefer to do. But we fully express our love by submission. Jesus wonders why people say they believe in him but do not obey him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Luke chapter 6, verse 46. If we say, I believe in you, Jesus but go on to do what we want to do, what do those words mean? Faith, like love, requires submission. And make no mistake, our salvation depends on our obedience. Toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Like Luke 6, 46, Jesus talks about a group of people who say, Lord, Lord. These people believe in Jesus and do incredible things for him. Their lives are filled with good works. But Jesus says they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Why would Jesus condemn people who believe in him and do good works? Because they failed to do the will of my Father in heaven. He says they practiced lawlessness. They were living a sinful lifestyle. They believed and did good works, but they never fully repented. They never fully turned from sin toward God. Like faith and love, repentance requires submission. Obeying God matters. Consistently and persistently living in sin cancels out a lifetime of faith and good works. So to be saved, we must believe, confess our belief, repent, be baptized, and live obedient lives. Thinking back to the Philippian jailer, how did he respond to Silas and Paul's command, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household? 
Well, after Paul and Silas spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house, immediately he and all his family were baptized. Acts chapter 16, verse 33. This man knew what he needed to do to be saved, so he did it without hesitation or delay. I hope you will too. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh